Welcome to the Third Church Podcast, where we're sending out servant-hearted disciples with a passion for Jesus into the world. I'm your host, Jenny Hesseltine, Director of Community here at Third. We're veering a bit from our traditional Sunday teaching podcast to share some crucial conversations around faith in our context. As a church, we're seeking to define our current cultural reality, acknowledging that we're far from our heavenly home, but sent daily to love and share Jesus with others while we're here. We're going hard after intimacy, identity, belonging, and purpose. In this conversation series, we'll be talking about healing, both the gift and the mystery of it. Today's episode will define supernatural healing and will give you as listeners some background as to how Third has experienced and interacted with the gift of healing. Senior Pastor Kevin Korver and Prayer Team Leader Steph Heatbrink will join me for this discussion, sharing their personal journeys with healing, as well as solid biblical teaching that can help us understand the gift a little more. What I love about this episode is that it gives an insider view to the reality of this ministry. It helps to give us common language and tools with which we can all talk about and share the gift. Okay, so Kevin, Steph, thank you so much for being here for this conversation today. I'm excited for our listeners and our congregation to get the opportunity to hear a little bit more about healing from two leaders that really are integral in this process for our church. Before we jump into your personal journeys with healing and a little bit more of our content, would you take a moment just to kind of bring all of us onto the same page of defining healing? So what does that word cover in your opinion? And is there anything that's an exception? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think for our purposes today, we're really uh, we're talking about supernatural healing, um, the gift of healing, um, but that really does include um, physical healing. It can include emotional, mental, um, really all all different capacities. So we minister to the whole person here, which I would say is body, mind, and spirit, and we believe that the spirit can heal, redeem, restore, you know, all those parts of us. Great. Kevin, anything to add to that definition today? Steph was perfect. All right. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about your own personal journey with healing. And I don't want to steal either of your stories, but I just want to kind of let our listeners know right off the bat that your voices are incredibly important in this topic because not only are you leaders for our body and for the church at large with real with regards to this ministry, but you also have journeyed um, in deep and personal ways with healing in your own lives. So whether or not you choose to go deep into those stories now or save them for a later question or a later podcast episode, I just want to affirm that your voices in this are really important. So would you share with us a little bit about your own personal journey with healing? Well, mine began in 1980. I've been involved in healing ministry since... Uh, See, September of 1980. And so in 1980, I was exposed to John Wimber, Peter Wagner, Kevin Springer, and Don Williams. And for a period of four years, they taught and trained us, our, me and some friends, around power evangelism, power training, power healing, all that kind of stuff. And so we began to do it. I've been, for 12 and a half years in Southern California, I had a very active healing and deliverance ministry. Uh, I was probably, it was, very, it was pretty significant. But what I, the downside of it was it was only mine. We did not equip the saints. 
So very active for 12 and a half years. Um, and then right at the near the end of those 12 and a half years, I expanded my training to Judith and Francis McNutt, Matthew and Dennis Lynn, Barbara Schleeman, and Leanne Payne. So then I went a different direction of training and understanding of healing. And what I learned in that uh, was the style that Judith and Francis McNutt gave would be much more palatable to churches like ours. Mm -hmm. So the power evangelism stuff that I learned in the 80s was too, uh, at that time, too charismatic, too Pentecostal, and too offensive to too many people. So I thought what uh, Christian Healing Ministries gave and trained was much more accessible to our congregation. Yeah. And so we began to use it in multiple settings. And what we did more than anything is we did home visits. So I would take two to four people with me, and we asked if we could pray for people over a period of years. So there were supernatural healings of feet, of back, just all kinds of stories. But they were done while people slept in their beds, permission given from parents or spouse. We came in during the night and prayed for an hour to two hours at a time wow. over a period of years. Mm -hmm. And we saw all kinds of miraculous healing happen. But what planted me was the, the model McNutts gave us was very palatable to Reformed churches. Mm -hmm. So I came to Pella. We came here. And one of the things that was impressed upon me in conversation with key leaders is I, I should not be a primary prayer or person deliverance because that would reinforce the old Domini model. The senior pastor is the, the official representative of Christ. And so instead of that, we moved to the priesthood of all believers. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I have done almost no public ministry and healing deliverance since I came here, yep. trying to equip others. Since I've come here um, to Pella, we did uh, lots of stuff again with um, CHM. I took, I, took, I took eight or nine leaders there and then probably I'm guessing 30 to 40 other people went over the course of years. Oh, yeah, at least, probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. multiple key leaders. Right. Yeah, spent time down there learning from Francis and Judith McNutt. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Helped and to change the culture here. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I we did we had the journey to wholeness with Bodish Boss twice or three times. I used Brad. I used the training from Brad Long and Pres PRMI, Presbyterian Reform Ministries International or something like that. Um, I also was trained by Daniel Brown on prayer and healing. And then the last season, we've had Global Awakenings people here. Yep, yep. So since for about the last 40 years, it's been a, quite a continuum. We're moving away, I think, from the model I brought, but which I did not actively participate in, trying to equipping others to do it. And we're, now we're taking a little different turn. But it's been part of my personal experience for 40 years. Also, in third, we, in 2002, we began a word and spirit focus. Mm -hmm. So in 2002, I took the 30 or 40 elders and deacons through one year of reading, uh, Bannister's book, Word and Spirit Church, yeah. Word and Power Church. And we began a process in 2002 to become a Word and Spirit Church. So that journey's been on for the last 17 years. Yeah, and that's a, a pretty distinctive part of who we are as a congregation. Um, you know, not a lot of... Uh, churches found in the Reformed tradition have healing ministries or even uh, they might uh, not be cessationist, but they may not be actively pursuing the the fullness of the gifts of prophecy and healing and things like that. But that's been a, a unfolding kind of process for us here at Third, uh, yeah, for quite a while. So... Yeah, awesome. And and I, I've kind of been really sort of swept up in that story. So I've actually, I started attending third in 1997 just as a student when a lot of these things began to shift here. And then um, 
I'll, I'll give a little bit of my personal journey and then I'll share a little bit more about that um, uh, later on. But uh, for me, things were, uh, there really was a lot of things happening with a, um, uh, a fresh outpouring, I would say, of the spirit amongst us. It was happening um, on the campus at Central College where I was attending at the time. And then, um, and so I was really hungry. I was really hungry to see church uh, look like I saw the New Testament look. Um, I grew up as a Presbyterian, awesome church, word-based church, um, such great discipleship in so many ways. But um, a lot of the things that I saw in the New Testament um, were not a part of my experience. And um, what brought things to kind of a definitive uh, place for me around healing was um, three weeks before my husband husband and I um, were going to get married, my mom was diagnosed with a really uh, rare, aggressive form of cancer and um, was not given a good prognosis. So we knew that apart from supernatural healing, um, you know, that we would lose her. And so um, I was already pursuing things with the spirit and healing, but at that point, you know, I just dove um, head first into everything kind of healing related. And so, yeah. um, So anyways, we we did end up losing my mom. That's a longer story, but it's actually, it, it really became more fuel on the fire for me to uh, see the church um, actively move in the gifts and the fullness, I think, um, maybe that Christ has for us that we haven't always done. So Yeah, great. Thank you both for sharing. Really, you both touched on uh, the question, how did a Reformed church come to develop an active healing ministry? Is there anything else that you would want to say to our listeners uh, to let them know more about Third's healing ministry here? Well, the only thing I would add, if you read books written by Jerry Sitzer and also um, Richard Foster, there's a conversation about multiple streams of Christian faith. And so what we've tried to do here is, although we embrace the Reformed tradition. We, yep. em- we actually embrace all the streams. Mm-hmm. And so the healing things we've talked about come from Pentecostal, Catholic, um, different evangelical, um, high church. Yeah. So multiple streams are invited into our conversations and our practice, yep. which does not make us, um, I think it makes us somewhat unique Absolutely. that we're not just following a path. Yep. We're trying to be... Yep sensitive to multiple streams of understanding and prayer and ministry. Yep. Yeah, because I think, you know, I think God um, in his brilliance reveals different parts of his heart to different parts of the church Mm -hmm. and to different parts of the body. And so um, I've been grateful that we've been uh, humble and open to learning. Mm -hmm. And I will say we're still learning, you know, and that's part of also why we wanted to even have this conversation today, because we're actually a unique church. And we have so many people from so many different backgrounds that... um, uh, come in with all kinds of stories as it relates to healing, um, experience of it, not having an experience of it. So that's part two of why we want to have, have this conversation today, just saying, hey, we're all on a journey. We've been on a journey. We welcome people wherever they're at on the journey. But um, yeah, that's kind of a unique, uh, maybe unique thing about our, our context too. So I did one other piece. There's been a dance between the congregation and the staff in our journey. And the congregation generally has been open mm-hmm. to what staff has sought to bring to our conversation about healing. And then there are seasons when the staff has, uh, we've not always been as appropriate as we should have been. And there have been some hurt. 
And the congregation staff work through that very, very well, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So we continue to work together moving forward. We're trying to find the right pace mm-hmm. and pacing. But I think there's a wonderful dance between staff and congregation with what we're trying to do together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So some basics of healing. Why do we pray for healing? <laughs> well, I, I think one of the things that I would suggest is that it's part of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So there's some ancient scholars use the phrase, the kingdom is, is here but not yet. Yeah. And so... Part of the reason we live out the ministry of healing is it's part of the full gospel. Mm-hmm. So the gospel includes many, many pieces, caring for the poor, justice ministry, yep. the gospel presentation, people becoming discipled, sent and saved, all those things. But it also includes expressions of healing and wholeness. In fact, Susan Garrett, who's a pretty outstanding scholar from Yale, argues that if you look at the New Testament gospels, the thing that's most unique about the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he did was his emphasis on defeating the powers of darkness. Yeah. So there's such a high level of spiritual warfare in the gospels tied to the kingdom being expressed, the kingdom reclaiming what has been stolen, yeah. the kingdom freeing people, and the kingdom moving forward. So I think the reason we do it, it's, it's part of a full gospel that we're given and mm-hmm. which Jesus obviously lived and which he calls us to. And that's one of the reasons we're trying to embrace it. That's part of the challenge then to living in a word and spirit context, yep. to do it together. Yep. The word informs us, but the spirit empowers us. And we have to somehow live in that dance. And so that's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to be able to e- express the gospel in fullness, like you're saying, both in word and in deed. And oftentimes maybe in um, certain, you know, and even in our own history, you know, we've been uh, it's a lot about the testimony, um, you know, the presentation of the gospel, but what healing does, what justice, what missions, there's also a demonstration of the kingdom. And I think that's part of what we're doing. And that's why we're saying, you know, we're demonstrating what the kingdom looks like and what Jesus paid for on the cross and in yeah. his death and resurrection when we, um, when we bring, uh, when we're when we go after healing with people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The other thing that I think that it, healing brings is that it becomes kind of more of an all-play faith. Um, our tribe, our tradition is so cognitive, so mental, so cerebral, and this is going to sound very good, but the smart people lead the way, the academic kinds of people sure. with, with the academic things. Well, what about the rest of the congregation who may or may not be there, especially, especially people on the margins? So the people on the margins are often most anointed for healing, mm-hmm. for healing ministries. Mm-hmm. And the, what the healing ministry, if empowered and embraced, says everyone can pray for the sick. Absolutely. Everyone can be engaged. So those who might have lesser capacities of different kinds can still be involved in bringing the kingdom. Children can yeah. pray for the sick. Yeah. Our senior saints can pray. Yeah. So it's, it's so much more of... Um, Word and Spirit allows everyone to participate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the healing ministry invites us into. Yeah, yeah, we love welcoming kids into praying for the sick and for, you know, we use soaking prayer around here a lot. Our kids do that a lot with us. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a phrase that there isn't a junior Holy Spirit. And so we just think, obviously, <laughs> the same spirit that lives within us, he he's the same one that inhabits all of us no matter um yeah, no matter who we are, what age we are, gender, et cetera. And so, uh, yeah, we're grateful that it can be a beautiful 
um, all play witness to, to God's mm-hmm. goodness and his power. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The other thing I would add to it is that if, if, we, if there are not demonstrations, physical demonstrations of the kingdom of God, then we get cynical. Yep. Then we get um, we get inoculated with the gospel, mm. but it doesn't actually empower us to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to take risks t- to follow into the kingdom spaces so that it becomes real to us mm. and to our children. Mm-hmm. And as we move into this post-Christendom, if we have a powerless gospel, we're going to have no hearing. Absolutely. We're going to have no place. Yeah. So we're, we, if nothing else, for the sake of Christ and his kingdom, but also for the sake of credibility in the future, we need to be engaged with these ministries. Mm -hmm. And my really short answer always, too, to the question of why we pray is, um, you know, I always (laughs) say, you know, we look at what Jesus did, and I want to do exactly what he's doing, and we see him over and over and over bearing witness to the kingdom through bringing healing. Mm -hmm. It was a very, very integral part of his ministry. And so yeah. if we're going to be followers of Jesus, then I just think we have to we have to go after Let that. Let me just, just affirm that, Steph. So yeah. if you look in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter uh, 8, Jesus says and does the kingdom. Yep. In chapter 9, the 12 yep. apostles say and do the kingdom. But in chapter 10, the 72. 72. Yep. So yeah. then you move into Acts chapter 1. Luke volume two, it's now you're all going to go and be witnesses. Absolutely. So there is this sequencing of not just Christ, but his disciples increasingly mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going with some of these scriptures, Kevin and Steph, add yours too. Um, what in the Bible, what, what do we see in the Bible that tell us about the ministry of healing and help us to answer some of these key questions that we get all the time? Like, is it actually God's will to heal? Does God cause sickness? Yeah. Those yeah. are big questions that people legitimately are asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, they're really valid questions. They're mm-hmm. good questions. And so... Um, yeah, you know, I think that um, is it God's will to heal? I mean, we teach around here, yes, it is God's will to mm-hmm. heal. Uh, we we have tried to eliminate our prayer team never uses the phrase, if it's your will, God, okay? And I know that can sound a little bit confusing, but... Um, you know, we never, everybody who was actually brought to Jesus was healed. We never one time saw him turn somebody away. Mm-hmm. So again, if we're watching Jesus and what he did, yeah. now there was places where he was, his power and authority was limited uh, by the community. And, you know, who knows if they were even willing to ask if that's where their belief was or where their honor of him was. But from what we see, everyone that was brought to Jesus was healed. Yeah. And so we believe it's God's will to heal. Um, you know, I love Matthew 8, you know, and um, when the math, the man with leprosy comes and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And, you know, Jesus reaches out his hands. I'm willing. I'm willing. You know, yeah. and I think there's a way that actually we have to kind of get that set in our spirit, because if we don't actually have that settled in our spirit, we're not going to step out and we're not going to take risks. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
yeah, like I said, both from just the ministry of Jesus from the scriptures. I mean, he's demonstrating that he's willing. And he asked us to pray that the kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that yeah. there is not sickness and disease yeah. in heaven. And so we're we're beginning to call down the now but not yet full realities of the mm-hmm. kingdom, asking that the that heaven would break forth and that we would see disease overcome, sickness overcome. Um yeah. So, Amen. yep. Mm-hmm. And yet, and we, we talk about this materially all the time, there's still a mystery to all of this. Absolutely. So we don't understand it, but we're going to keep praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tune in to part two. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, too, one of the other things that um, people can often feel like is this, did I, is this punishment? Is right. God trying to, is he just trying to, you know, he gave me this because I could grow from it. And I just think, um, you know, no, <laughs> that that actually is not what we see in the scriptures. You know, um, I I love John ten ten. You know, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to bring abundant life. Mm-hmm. And so, places where we see stealing, killing, and destroying, we know who the author yeah. um, of that is. And so, and when there is abundant life, we know that we've had an encounter with Jesus. You know. And again, scripturally, you can go to John 9 and, and you know, uh, in Old Testament thinking, there was kind of a like, oh, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus says, you know, neither the man nor his parents sinned, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to glorify God through this situation. I'm going to bring yeah. the kingdom here, and I'm going to bring healing. So, you know, we believe that God will give us grace for the journey that we have to walk or that we're in, but we do not believe that God causes sickness. We believe it's a result of the fall of, again, the fullness of the kingdom. Not It's not fully here yet, so we do live in a fallen uh, world, but we really do believe that you know it's God's heart to heal. He's not punishing us by giving us diseases. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the it, that's the enemy who's the author of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges in that, though, Steph, is that in our tribe, there's, there is a hyper-sovereignty uh, movement sure, that, that, that mm-hmm. creates dissonance. So when we share these things, those the people who have a very strong opinion and place of sovereignty yeah, um, just absolutely. say, well, er, er, God is the cause cause of everything. Sure, yeah. So that's part of the conversation we're having with mm-hmm. people. Is, mm-hmm. so, so who is your God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A.W. Tozer says, the, and John Calvin said the yeah. same, a person's understanding of God is the single most important thing about them. Absolutely. Right. So what you're talking about really is the image of God. Who is, is our God? Yes. Yeah, who is our God? And, you know, and I think you're right, Kevin, it's that balance of sovereignty and authority. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we're going to go back to the scriptures again, so what does it mean that, you know, authority has been given to us as believers? What does it mean mm-hmm. that we're seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus? So there's a way that actually... Uh, don't want to step on toes here, but like if we go that route, why would we ever even pray? Mm-hmm. Why would we ever? Mm-hmm. Why would we ever do any mm-hmm. of those things? And so there, it's that tightrope balance of like God's goodness holds it all, yep. um, uh, and hit you know. He is sovereign, but there is a place we, as being created in his image, that we actually do have authority and power uh, to partner with him. You know, again, that goes all the way back to the garden. He gave us power. He gave us authority. Mm -hmm. And Jesus took those keys back, gave them to us. So it's an honor and a privilege, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, to get to partner with him to see his kingdom come 
So, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have, in our tradition, less emphasis on prayer and healing is because of a yeah. hyper-sovereign absolutely, understanding. Yeah. Yep, you're absolutely right. So the, the dance in, in these, there's always a tension in theology, right? So we also have the tension of sovereignty and human responsibility. Absolutely. How yeah. much, is, how much yep. is God's and how much is ours? Absolutely. So yeah. we're trying to live in these tensions, still believing in a good, good father. Yeah. And, that's, and that's part yeah. of our challenge. Thanks so much, Kevin and Steph, for giving us some common language with which to continue this discussion. Your experiences and voices really are important, and we're grateful that you shared them with us today. Thanks for joining us today for this conversation. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by it. The other ministries, authors, and resources referenced in this episode can be found in the podcast notes on the sermon page of our website. And speaking of our website, if you'd like to know more about Healing Ministries at 3rd or about 3rd Church in general, find us at trcpella.com and follow 3rd Church on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay current on all our episodes.